Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel and the podcast. Hopefully, everybody's having a good day. And if you're watching on YouTube for the first time ever, I am not on the screen. I know, I know, I apologize. It's very sad. Beautiful face is not there, but travel, right? If you've been watching the Northeast, got hit by a huge hurricane. I'm supposed to travel home, be home this morning. All my flights got canceled yesterday. They grounded pretty much all planes in the Northeast that I could have flown out of. So I'm flying out today. Because of that, my travel plans are messed up. And I will now having to be leaving today on Wednesday as I record this, but I'm recording from a spot where I don't really have any access to putting up a video stuff. I don't really have any access to any sort of sufficient lighting. And instead of just having myself look very, very dim and, and dimmer than I usually say and how people think that I, I always no, look normal, but just being a creator in me, just knowing and noticing a lot of different things, this would just be bad. Like this would be blatantly bad for anybody um, who is just viewing. So I think it would be better for me to just go vocal here and go over the sheets like we normally do, the target offense sheet, the injury dashboard, and the early interests as normal. You're just not going to get to see my face on the screen. So if this is my first time meeting you, this is the first time you're listening to the podcast nothing changes it's just a voice first time listening to the video you can go back you can check out a different one of my videos every single one up until this one we're up to about almost 950 videos over the last two to two and a half years it's formatted with me on it with a green screen uh, but due to traveling just not going to have that proper setup today and look at the end of the day it's either i didn't put this video out at all or I do it this way and i thought doing it this way would be more beneficial to everybody than rather not having a video at all so hopefully everybody's doing well yesterday was a very crazy day in the nba if you were playing along on tuesday every second injury news was changing all the way up right up until Butler got ruled out right I'm in the car I'm updating stuff appreciate you all being here thank you I'm actually recording this from an airport but I think the sound for the most part should be elevated downwards so thank you in advance if you could hit that like button and the big old subscribe button I could still edit those bad boys in there if you could hit that as well we're approaching now 24,000 subscribers and I think we could probably get there by probably the end of the week and maybe by Friday we're gonna need that extra push you pushing the subscribe button allows more people to see this video it allows more people to click on this video so basically if this is the first time you're finding me probably because other people were clicking the like and subscribe with him. So thank you so much in advance. And as always, I will mention that I do have Patreon projections, NBA every single day linked down below. And the sponsor of all my NBA videos this month and hopefully for further months is going to be Superdraft. $10 free play upon deposit with the promo code SAL. That is S-A-L, my name. Let's know that he came from me. Again, I continue to play over there. Played NBA yesterday. I was, wasn't able to play MLB because I was traveling or I wasn't even traveling. I was just hanging out during that time when Locke was. But again, these contests, especially the, the secret sauce, if there's like five sports or four sports going on play nhl even if you don't know how to the contests are only feeling like 35 percent. they're paying out 25 percent of them you have to just get unlucky not to cash even if you don't know things at that point check them out super draft that is promo code sal to get your 10 free dollars so just injury dashboard right some very similar things but there's going to be some big things to point out so denver is the same exact players this whole bubble will barton gary harris they're going to be out Harris with a hip, Will Barton with a knee. It's going to affect Monty Morris, Michael Porter Jr., who popped off in the last game. We finally got to see that. Now he has that ability, but we haven't really seen it in the bubble and really much this year, but we got to see it. Torrey Craig and then P.J. Dozier. But the big one's going to be Jamal Murray, who was once again questionable with a hamstring. He was very questionable last time. Now he's only questionable, so uh, maybe he's trending in the right direction. They didn't feel the need to mark him as very questionable. So if he's going to be active, yeah, that crushes Monty Morris, although Morris will still probably see somewhere around 24 minutes of play. If you're not going to have Harris or Barton, it's going to take out probably somewhere around like 65 to 70 minutes overall in what the rotation is going to look like. So if you're factoring in just Murray, there's still going to be 30 minutes to go around. That's still going to hurt, help Morris, who normally is in this rotation for mid to high teens, if not 20 minutes. So Morris should still pick up time, but his price point's obviously up. The only way you want to play Morris is if Jamal Murray is actually out. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., he's probably still going to start, even obviously if Murray plays, just a lot of usage leaves then. Jokic is a usage monster. Uh, Paul Mills has been playing more minutes, not necessarily a usage monster, but rebounding rate will crush Porter. And then when you look at Jamal Murray, it becomes a situation where if he's on the court, yes, his percentage goes 
goes, scoring goes, usage in general goes. So at the increased price point of Michael Porter Jr., I, I'm interested in him if Murray's out, but if he's in, there's no way even with Barton out. Now you can still get a ceiling game out of him, but it just becomes a lot more hard when a guy in Jamal Murray, if he's out there for even just 25 minutes, even limited minutes, if most of those are on the court with Porter Jr., now you're taking like a, a, a 25 to 30% usage rate player and throwing him into this rotation. It's going to get really difficult. Torrey Craig would be a non-interest to me then, and Dozier definitely not interested either way. I just think he sees more minutes in this rotation now. Kemba played yesterday. They said he'll rest today. He's 6,100 against Brooklyn today, and this is a very good matchup, obviously. So the rest of the Nets or the rest of the uh, Celtics immediately become very, very appealing. And if we just go overall to what's happening this year when Kemba is not on the court, this is NBAWowie.com. Um, you can check it out. It's totally free. You can factor this by usage. Now you can take other guys off the court if you really wanted to and get it down to exactly what the science is going to look like. Um, obviously, guys like Taco Fall for his 19-minute sample right here. Don't be looking at too much. Uh, but Jason Tatum, obviously the guys that are going to be in this rotation for the 1,000-minute sample, the 800-minute sample of Jalen Brown, the 750-minute sample of Gordon Hayward. You're getting Jason Tatum with the elite usage of 33%. You can see right here, then 26%, then 22%. Marcus Smart even gets into the 20% of usage. So obviously the four guys that you would expect, the main four in the rotation um, outside of a center, whoever that might be, whether it's Tice or Cantor today, uh, it's going to be the guys that benefit the most. Tatum, Brown, and Hayward probably in that order of my interest. Smart, 6,500. So he's kind of at a price point where I really don't want it, right? Kem has been limited, so they've already kind of priced Smart up for this day when Kemba gets sat out. But the rest of the guys, their price points are actually decreasing. So you can see here these the usage rates, which are very good. If we just go over to fantasy point per minute production now, we factor it by DraftKings overall. The fantasy point per minute production for anybody with a decent sample, again, Taco Falls 19 minutes. Let's not get into that. It's not really worth it. Obviously, it's, it's just like one little spurt, probably in garbage time. Tatum, 1.34. This is an elite number. Tatum normally is going to maybe push like 1.2. 1.34 no Kemba elite number. It's it's making him almost a must play at this price point. 1.07 is very good production for Brown. 1.05 and a 1.00. So everybody becomes a point per minute producer for Boston and, and their rotation, their main guys. When there is no even get Tice at 0.96. When there is no Kemba Walker. So I have interest in this order in Tatum, in Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward. Not so much in Marcus Smart. Tice is fine, but really not going to be a major benefactory from being no Kemba as much. So yeah, we're going to get to the early interest. You're going to see that I like them. No Bryn Forbes today. He's out. It'll continue to be, give a decent amount of run in the rotation, mid to upper teens in minutes, maybe even touches 20 minutes in Patrick Mills. Uh, DeJounte Murray doesn't really get affected too much by Bryn Forbes. They play alongside each other more. And Bryn Forbes is not a high usage rate guy. Maybe a couple of shots get taken away. Derek White's minutes being around 30 to 32 lately, 29 in the last one. They will stay stabilized with Bryn Forbes out. Marco Bellinelli is actually going to return from a foot injury. This is actually going to hurt the value. I mean, Bellinelli might not play any minutes, and then you're just going to see Keldon Johnson, Rudy Gay, Lonnie Walker playing all those three and four minutes together, uh, but maybe even back up five. But if Marco Bellinelli comes in and plays this like average 15 minutes per game that he's seen this year, yeah, it's probably going to start checking off minutes from Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson, guys who've been pushing 22 to 24 minutes pretty consistently lately. Um, now maybe they only get pushed to 18 minutes a piece and now maybe just become unplayable with their price points increasing compared to where they were at the start of the bubble. Evans Ferguson is out 3K flat. I mean, he's not really been anybody to mention in this Thunder rotation. He doesn't really score. He's like a 0.5 fantasy point per minute producer when he does play. Darius Baisley, Dort's been starting. I could even throw Dort into this list. Diallo, if he was to even start. So these are just all the names that get kind of thrown into that. Not Nothing really to mention for uh, DFS for the most part. Uh, for Philly, Mike Scott's out. It's going to make Josh Richardson viable. Korkmaz just more appealing in general, but again, none of them really appealing. Richardson, if anything. Glenn Robinson, the third, is also out. Once again, Richardson, Thiable, Korkmaz. You can throw a couple of the guys in there, but those two guys being out more so hurt the Phillies, uh, sort of 76ers, Philadelphia in real life rather than in fantasy. It just secures Richardson's 30 minutes of play. But again, 
when he's on the court with all these other usage monsters in Harris, in Embiid, and Ben Simmons. It's just really not helping his case to do much damage. Sadly, one of my favorite younger players in the league, Jaron Jackson Jr., who was seeming like he was going to start dominating all these guys that deal with foul trouble, Thomas Bryant, uh, all these guys that are in this bubble, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, even Jared Allen, they're starting to not get into foul trouble and they're starting to play like 35 to 38 minutes a game in the bubble. And it's been fantastic. Obviously, we know what Jared Allen and Thomas Bryant have done. And Jaron Jackson Jr. now, they don't get to see that because he's tore his meniscus and he's out for the year. It does open up specifically for this slate. So in regards to Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J, it does open up a lot of value in Brandon Clark, who they just failed to raise his price point, even though he's, I assume, going to start next to Joe Val. Maybe not. Maybe he'll just slide into backup minutes still behind uh, Justin Jackson or whoever else they want to put out there in Memphis. But then Joe Val also gained a benefit of just having to be on the court more. Maybe it forces Joe Val into those 28 to 30 minute games. Obviously, if he stays out of foul trouble, just because now they're down another guy who Jackson Jr. usually backs up a guy in Joe Val at the center position. And then from OKC, the other piece here is Dennis Schroeder is going to be out for a second game. He had to leave the bubble for a personal issue. Chris Paul, SGA, going to benefit the most. And then you can just throw in the list of all those other guys I named from Dort to Diallo to Baisley as well. So the main ones, Kemba's going to be resting. Uh, we already know that. So we already know the effects of that. But the main one to track is Jamal Murray's questionable tag. He is the main questionable player as of my recording of this on the East Coast right now. It is 6 or 7.05 a.m. Let's head into the target offense sheet where we don't have every single spread right now, right? We don't have the Utah Memphis spread to start, maybe because Jaron Jackson Jr. They're trying to figure that out. Let me update this for 20. I don't know why this doesn't say 20 on the YouTube version, but we don't have every single spread right now. I'll also call out that if you do want to get the projections, they are linked down below. Golf stuff is pumped out as well for the week. It's all out there. Did the podcast this morning. So you can check all that out. Projections, rankings for uh, DraftKings, DFS, for NBA side, for golf, obviously NFL when that comes back. And if you don't and you just want to take advantage of all the free content, you can surely do that. And maybe if you bank, somebody banked like five grand yesterday, somebody banked a bunch of more money yesterday, 15,000. Maybe if you bank and you want to come back and just support the Patreon that way from the free content, if it benefited you and allowed you to have a, a leg up in information, it's something in this kind of clicked with you and helped you out, then be sure to come back and support via the Patreon. Appreciate that. And then head over to SuperDraft, promo code SAL, S A L, if you're listening on the podcast or the YouTube version, it's on the screen right now. You can check that out. You get a free $10 play multiplier format, and you don't have to worry about the salary caps, right? All the spiel on Super Draft. It's just a fun spot. Just a fun spot. And at the end of the day, it's because there's rake and overlay over there is why I'm hunting the contests. I think the contests are very fun, but I'm more engaged. Like I want to spread the word about it and want to get over there even more because you're actually having the best chance to win contests because the contests aren't filling and they're guaranteeing the same amount of money. Same amount of money for less people means your odds of winning and your equity in your wins is going to be much, much higher than ever before. So check it out. Super Draft promo code SAL. That is S-A-L linked on the screen and also link down below if you just want to click the link in the description. All right, so I was just able to update the totals. And yeah, so right now we only have half the actual totals. We have all the spreads though. That helps a little bit, but only half the totals. I'm just going to be deleting some of these so we can see where the biggest ones are. So the biggest total currently on the slate is Philly, 10 and a half point favorites, 121 team total, game total of a 231 and a half versus Washington. Washington, arguably the worst team left in the bubble. Right now, Philly's going to come in. It's not the greatest spot. It's going to be a pace up spot for Philly. So that's a little bit better for them. Blowout risk, surely there, of course, but I'm not going to really play or factor for that. You can if you want to, but I'm personally not going to. The power forward spot today in the center spot are going to be big ones. So if Tobias Harris starts at the four, whoever it is, if they end up going back to Horford at the four, whatever it might be, but I think that it's probably going to be Harris there. If he starts at the four, that's a good spot to pick up some Tobias Harris points. No Scott as well. So even more minutes for Horford at the four, even if he doesn't start at the three. Joel Embiid's going to look fantastic. Maybe my favorite 10K play. He's just been dominating in his first two games in this bubble. He's going to be getting decent sized minutes. 30 minutes in this matchup against Washington and Thomas Bryant is a, a dream spot. It's a wet dream for Joel Embiid, if you will. So Joel Embiid looks pretty good. Only concern be the 10 and a half point favorite but pace up spot against one of the best spots you can be in worst defenses in washington um like 
just dead last worst really over the last uh, two months of the season if you go back to before the pandemic and before the bubble started. So yeah, Joel Embiid stands out in this game with the highest overall team total. Then the other two games that are approaching a 115 team total, Utah, five-point favorites, 114 and a half. I think this is a nice spot to target for Utah. I think that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's price points are up, but I still do want to get a piece of them. They're going to have just a high pace spot here. They're gaining three and a half possessions in this game. That's very, very good. If you're looking back to just Memphis on the other side of this, yeah, John Moran's up to 8K, but I think it's fine. If, you, if you're going to play John Morant 38 minutes now and not 30 to 32 because you're battling for this eight seed then yeah give me an extra six minutes of over point per minute production john morant and it makes sense that he's no longer the 6800 to seven thousand dollar price player he's now 8k flat it's not as appealing when jason tatum's 8200 when some other guys are priced pretty close to him donovan mitchell 7500 but i think he's not off the table and i think he'll be very low owned at 8k flat i'm not really going to be getting to a ton more here obviously brendan clark we'll talk about he's only 4600 it's as if jaron jackson jr didn't just tear, tear his meniscus and brendan clark i assume even if he doesn't start picks up a couple extra minutes he's normally playing 22 to 24 a night, depending on foul trouble of Joe Val and Jaron Jackson Jr. If he's just picking up, even if he's off the bench, 26 minutes tonight at that price point, it's too good. Even if it's 24, it's still too good. It's a fair price point, even if Jaron Jackson Jr. was playing. And now he's obviously not. And that's 30 minutes on average leaving the window, but Jaron Jackson Jr. was playing like 34 to 35 as of late. So it's a lot of minutes to go around. Brandon Clark's next up in line, theoretically, on paper to get those. So Utah's the five-point favorites there. Yeah, I mean, you can you can go to some of the other smaller pieces, some of the other spots on that one, but for the most part, I'm probably going to stay away from anything else in a major way from Utah. I think that for the most part, the Jazz Mitchell's going to stand out. Gobert, you can always get back to. I think it's a fine matchup against Jovell, honestly. Um, two heavy hitters, if you will, there. Going down the board now to the other game that we have a total for, Toronto, six and a half point favorites over Orlando. It's going to be a boring game. These teams are just very, very slow, both of them. It's going to be a 114 and a half team total for Toronto, six and a half point favorites, a 225 and a half game total, the lowest out of the three that we have. So I think that Vooch is still cheap before Orlando side of the ball as underdogs here, six and a half point dogs. Vooch is definitely still too cheap. I think that he's fine at 8,100. The price point comes up like $300 from yesterday. That's fine. I'm not scared of Ibaka. I'm not scared of Gasol, even Siakam there. Like it's it's a good defense, but it's not enough to scare me off of a fairly priced Vooch, even though that on this slate, if you're looking at the season numbers right now, Toronto is probably the best against the center position. Vooch at that price point is still fine. But because if you look at cross-functional, like different positions, you can get some value at center today, or even you go all the way up to Joel Embiid, maybe go all the way up to Jokic, and you just don't have to go to the 8K range because in the 8K range, you're playing guys like Donovan Mitchell at 75. You're playing guys like Jason Tatum at his price point, and there's just other fair price points there. I think that that makes sense. So I think on paper out of my 150s, I'm not going to get as much of Vooch only because of the 8K range is better at other positions. And the upper range, in my opinion, is better at center today with Embiid and Jokic. And even the value plays at center are better than really where that mid range of the 7 and 8K range are right now. So hopefully that makes sense. But then outside of that, yeah, Aaron Gordon with no Jonathan Isaac done for the year probably gets more four minutes. He picked up seven rebounds, decent rebounding rate, and his previous game because of no Jonathan Isaac. I'm not too sure if I really want to get back to him here. $7,200 price point actually comes down. I think it's fair. Um, I don't know if you really get the ceiling performances out of Gordon that we were getting before the break, like the crazy like 50 to 60 point fantasy performances. But Gordon's definitely in play. He'll be in a player pool for me. Just not a priority. This Orlando team today in general, just not a priority. Low team total of 108, lowest in the slate out of the six teams that we have. Uh, just very low pace environment. They're the slowest pace team on the slate right now. So just not appealing. Evan Fournier has been struggling, but he didn't have foul trouble in the last game that they just played. So he actually went out and played 30 minutes, only scored 20 fantasy points. But I would say Fournier at $5,200 after being $5,100 yesterday. So yeah, Orlando's on a back-to-back today. So is Brooklyn. I should actually put some of these things in here for you all. I'll, I'll end up finishing it up when I put it on the Patreon. You get this target off and cheat as well. I guess the other things from Orlando worth pointing out, Michael Carter Williams did leave the game and did not return. That would give a decent amount of run more into the minutes of Markel Fultz into DJ Augustine. 
Carter Williams playing like 18 to 20 minutes a night. That bumps those guys up. If Augustine can start seeing like 28 minutes, he becomes a much more appealing play. James Ennis did play 27 minutes. He left the game, came in and out a little bit, but he ended up coming back into the game, I believe with a finger injury. He played more because they had to just move around the rotation with no Jonathan Isaac. So probably the value, if anything, if I had to re-clarify my statement, at the value, depending on what happens with Michael Carter Williams, that'll probably give more minutes to DJ Augustine. The value in James Ennis playing probably close to 28 to 30 minutes. That's probably where I go. Ennis is only $3,300. If I had to go anything from this team, I don't really want to pay up too much. So I'll go the value in Ennis and really anything else, although it's kind of flaky in my opinion. And then probably Evan Fournier, Vooch after that. And then on the opposite side of this one with Toronto, yeah, the center position, I would love Ibaka to just play his normal run here. It's a tough matchup though, and he's just not getting the minutes. So it's hard to trust that. Siakam's fine, but he's priced up to $8,800 in what will be a difficult matchup. So I'm not as appealed there. I think $8,400 Kyle Lowry is appealing. You saw Fred Van Vliet go off in the last game. He's now priced up to $7,700. I don't think it's ridiculously like unfair, but just not going to get there. If you're just looking at this slate right now, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, maybe they get there 32 minutes, 34 minutes, and they pop off. Um, again, not an appealing game. I think that Kyle Lowry is probably my favorite piece from this game. Then Siakam, and then just trying to take your shots on if it's Marcus Saul or Serge Ibaka's night tonight. None of this really seems appealing. This Orlando-Toronto game is, once we get the other totals on the slate, probably going to be very gross. The pace is indicating that. The highest pace game on the slate is Washington and Philly. There's not really high pace games in general because that's the highest pace game. And normally you would see like a, a that would be like the, the second or third lowest pace game on a slate. So very slow paced environment overall today. Probably going to be looking at some lower scores is what we're kind of seeing right now. 231 being the highest. I think a lot of these totals probably settle in around like the 220 range, which five years ago wouldn't have been low, but now it actually is low. So let's move on to my early interest. You can add onto this list if you really wanted to guys like James Ennis that I was just talking about, but I have about 20 early interest on here just to get you a start it's factored by salary. As always, I will have my final interest, but my, my interests are just said yes, no, or maybe. Um, it, it's just kind of an algorithm that I use on my model, with my rankings, my values, uh, my overall model, the target offering sheet, all that stuff linked down below on Patreon if you want to check it out. Right now, you can go ahead and sign up. Starting it out up top, drawing B to somebody that I want to be getting to. I mean, you're just getting a player who's a 30% usage, 30 plus percent usage guy, very good assist player at the center position. You're getting the minutes out of him now as well. Your only concern here is a blowout against Washington. Washington, Thomas Bryant, one of the worst defending centers in the league, a guy who can get in very scary foul trouble today against Sean Bede. So, although I'm going to have interest in Bryant later on. It is a little bit of a hesitation. Probably hard to just try and predict the foul trouble though, and it is hard and probably impossible. Uh, Embiid 1.05x multiplier. You get 5% more points than usual on Superdraft. I think that's pretty nice because I, I thought he would be a 1x multiplier only, so that's pretty nice. I then prefer him over Anthony Davis over there. I would slightly prefer Embiid over Davis for $100 more on DraftKings right now, so Embiid's going to be the guy for me. It's just matchup based wise. Anthony Davis against OKC. It's not a terrible matchup. Like There's really no power forward there with Danilo Gallinari being a, a glorified stretch forward, not really a power forward. Uh, Steve Steven Adams obviously would be the defender there against Davis for at the rim for the most part, but I'll be going with Embiid if I had to choose between the two of them. It's just a spot that I like. You're getting the benefit of it being quote unquote the fastest pace game on the slate. Uh, nice spot there. And obviously you're not playing with a guy next to you in LeBron James who's going to suck away 40% assists and 35 plus percent usage rate. So those are kind of the, just the points on that. Anthony Davis, I'd probably prefer the least. So if we're going to say that Davis is a center, I know he's a power forward for this team, power forward center. I think this is the slate you pay up for these centers, right? Joel Embiid, Davis, and Jokic are my favorite guys that are above that $9,500 range. You know, uh, LeBron's all the way up top at that price point of 10700 It's nothing crazy. It's just I think you get more value out of these other players and or a better matchup. And I am cheating a little bit because if you do look at the DraftKings slate, there's only four guys above $9,000 today, right? And these are three of the four. So it's obviously a slate that naturally you're going to pay up for centers because the LeBron's the only other guy above this price point. But even if you take into account the 8K range, um, I still think $8,500 and above, I still want to be going after these high price centers. It's just going to lend itself to getting a lot of Jokic and a lot of Embiid today, uh, just because of the way that the slate lays out. It's a guys in the, the mid-range 
range of the center that aren't really that appealing. The lower range that have some question marks and or there's not much value left in the table in them. So going up all the way up top for at least one of your centers uh, looks like a decent option today. Next up for me is DeMar DeRozan. 1.3x multiplier on Superdraft. That looks very appealing. $8,300 on DraftKings. Based on his DraftKings price, his Superdraft multiplier should be like 1.1, 1.15. So I think you're getting a lot of value in that. If we go over to just NBA Web again and we look at fantasy points per minute with no Aldridge and no Bryn Forbes, mainly no Aldridge on the court, the biggest sample size in minutes is going to be DeMar DeRozan 415. Biggest sample when you factor in just the overall fantasy point production. There's bigger samples for guys like Podol and Rudy Gay, obviously, because these guys usually play when uh, Lamar, LaMarcus Aldridge is not on the court. Patty Mills, right? Just backup guys. Derek White, for the most part, been a backup. But in terms of starters who are usually alongside him, you're going to get huge bumps for these two studs right here. The Mardro is in 1.35x fantasy points. Normally, he's around like a 1.25 guy, right? Fantasy point per minute production is gaining 0.1 fantasy points per minute. If you're playing your 35 minutes, just naturally, you're going to gain like four fantasy points in a game. And that's an average game on average. If he's going to go a little bit above average, and this number is not taking into account how much better he has been maybe with Aldridge off the court. Now you start to see like six more fantasy points per contest. And instead of him going out there and chucking 35 points a game, he's chucking on average 41 points a game. And then his upside in the ceiling starts to become like 50, 55 instead of like 45, 50. But the big one here is just insane. DeJounte Murray, a 1.27 fantasy point per minute production with no Aldridge. Now, I know his rebounding rate goes up. His usage goes up. He's a very good rebounding guard. Yes, you're, uh, Sal, his rebounding rate is a guard. Yes, he's a very good rebounding line, guard. Russell Westbrook, Lonzo Ball type rebounding guards, if you think about those guys. So DeJounte Murray, who's normally like a point per minute producer, maybe like a point, 1.1, if anything, goes all the way up to almost a 1.3 fantasy point per minute producer. If they keep playing in the bubble and they keep going, right? Or if they kept playing the season with no Aldridge, DeJounte Murray might become the best fantasy point per minute producer ahead of, he's just more, I would say, aggressive than DeMar DeRozan. And he can obviously shoot threes, which DeMar DeRozan will never shoot threes. And if we just look at the usage rate to get a better idea of it, you're going to get a 29.9% out of DeMar DeRozan. You also get Rudy Gay up to 24%, Murray at 22%. So things to kind of keep an eye on. So yes, I like DeMar DeRozan. I like a guy at $6,000 who we just talked about, DeJounte Murray, a lot more in my opinion, uh, because a lot of those things and you're getting a cheaper price point. 1.45x is kind of fair on Superdraft. I actually like it. I would lean to take it there. Jason Tatum on this slate with no Kemba. Uh, DraftKings knew he was out. Um, I think so. Maybe not. Maybe they maybe they released that later on after the salaries were out. But if that's the case, I mean, Jason Tatum, he should be a $10,000 player in the slate. Based on how this slate is set up, he should be more expensive than Jokic, less expensive than Anthony Davis, and be $10,000 flat with no Kemba Walker. Just went over what the stats look like, but I have obviously three Celtics on this list. Jason Tatum here, it's factored by price, so then Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown. I mentioned that I like it in order of what the fantasy point per minute production has been with no Kemba on the court and also the same usage. It just happens to be the same. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward in that order. You just get fair price points on all these guys. I think this is price as if Kemba is playing today. It has to be because Jason Tatum's price point goes down $100. It's the same price point that it was before he just dropped and went crazy berserk and super efficient. Um, don't know exactly what he did, but he made 11 shots the other night, drops 50 plus fantasy points. The price points of Jalen Brown are now in 6K for the first time since the bubble. Warren Hayward's keeps shrinking. So all three of these guys are fine. Sal, can you play all three in a lineup? I would say play two. Um, you can play three though. Like if you really want to get to a Celtics lineup and you think they score 120 points today and you think that it's a close game that they're playing in and all these guys have to go out there and drop 15 to 25 points a piece and obviously get their peripheral stats. Yeah, it's fine. My favorite play right now out of these guys would be Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward in that order. I mentioned I have interest in Nikola Vucevic, but like I said earlier, it's a slate where it's just easy naturally to pay up for these three power forward slash center options, Davis being the one power forward uh, hybrid in there because they're the only options up top really today. And then to get to the cheaper end, there's not a lot of centers that I really like. 
Rudy Gobert at 7,300 is fine. This is not my only list of players. It's just, it's not my final list, of course, right? It's just a list right now. You have Jakobotl at 5K, who's fouled out in back-to-back games, and that's why he hasn't gotten his full run, although in a tough matchup against Denver and Millsap and Jokic and Mason Plumlee and just these, these 48 minutes of very tall players. There's really not a lot on the lower end. I mean, you could take stabs on certain guys, but the, the value, if anything, or just the upside and center today is not the cheap value options. Thomas Bryan is there at 6,800, although a matchup right now against the 76ers and Joel Embiid is a terrifying one for any team, but if Bryant stays out of foul trouble, he'll play 35 plus minutes and he's fine at that price point if you want to go there. But outside of that, like Luch at $8,100, I'd rather have Jason Tatum at 82. I'd rather have DeMar DeRozan at 83. I'd rather probably play Donovan Mitchell at 75 and Chris Paul at 79 with no Dennis Schroeder to come in for 30 minutes and usage rate taking away from Chris Paul when SGA is not on the court. So Vooch is fine to me. Also, we should mention that a tough matchup against Toronto. He's fine though. Like I'm saying all these negative things. It's just that I don't actually think I get there as much. If you're playing like one to three lineups and you land on him, I just want to put him in here to say it's fine. Like don't think that it's bad. It's just that I'd rather get to other guys at that, at that price point personally. Next up is John Morant. I mentioned he's up to 8K because he's playing just bigger minutes a game right now. Instead of his on average 30 minutes per game for the season, he's playing like 36, 38 a night. So obviously if you're doing that and you're over a fantasy point per minute producer and you're scoring on average seven to eight more fantasy points per night, yeah, you're going to go up a thousand dollars in price or so, especially when you have the ceiling of John Morant. Tough matchup against Utah, but let's see what he's been doing since they've returned, right? So this is since the return of the bubble. This is all the minutes. So about 116 minutes for John Morant. His usage is 26.1%. His fantasy point per minute production let's see it right now, is 1.31 is Josh Jackson. So small sample of 18 minutes. Let's not get excited there, Sal. But 1.15. So John Morant for the season has been like around a 1, a 1.05 guy. He's 1.15. So obviously he's he's actually getting more efficient and improving, but his minutes per game are also going up uh, by like 6 to 8 per game, depending on the game. They obviously play at a fast pace, so he's getting a lot of possessions in there. So yeah, John Morant is right now up there with Joval in terms of the return of how efficient they've been. Joval has not been that efficient. He's also dealt with foul trouble. So this is a spot to look at. Obviously no Tyus Jones, so I took him off the court for this during this time nice spot to be looking at you can take jaron jackson jr off if you really wanted to but obviously it's going to only make six minutes of a sample since there's been 110 with jackson jr some of them might not be on the court at the same time but since the return to the bubble john morant's averaging 1.15 fantasy points per minute production that's obviously very good eight thousand dollars is probably just a fair price point now but the reason i have him on here is in gpps he's going to be low owned and the only reason that you don't play him is because of the price but in gpps you shouldn't be as price sensitive because you should be more ownership sensitive and if he's low owned that's very good chris paul i like no dennis shooter i think 7900 is a fair price point i would prefer donovan mitchell for cheaper. I would prefer Jason Tatum for sure. Tatum over everybody today. I think over every single player in the slate, Tatum. I mean, matchup against Brooklyn, no Kemba, Tatum. 38 minutes probably Tatum just go to Tatum just go to Tatum right that's that's as simple as that so keep going down Donovan Mitchell's fine same reason that I said for the past couple of videos it, it's just as simple as he's coming up in price now but he's still an $8,000 guy under price we already talked about Hayward we already talked about Brown Thomas Bryant 1.65x multiplier in Superdraft might be the best play of the slate one of the best plays over there $6,800 price on DraftKings it's fine he's playing very big minutes and if we look right now at the same thing since the return let's see fantasy point per minute production oh look he leads his team 1.23 fantasy points per minute in 99 minutes again that's like three games so he's averaging like 33 minutes per game right now. He's just playing so many minutes. If he stays out of foul trouble, which is a huge if, Joel Embiid draws fouls better than pretty much anybody else in the game at the center position. It is going to be a very, he plays physical. It is going to be very to- difficult. Uh, Thomas Bryant can come out, get two quick fouls in the first three minutes, and now your night's over. I think there's upside there. Ish Smith, interesting, 1.2 fantasy points per minute, just 76 minutes, but interesting to see how efficient he's been. I, I wonder if that number will stay like that if he keeps playing minutes. So I think that Bryant's fine. Just a little bit of a concern. We talked about Murray. Then he gets to these guys below 6K. Mike Conley at 5,800 is fine. He's not on the super draft slate. I like that against Memphis. You're going to get a slight pace up spot for Utah here. You're going to get a good defensive matchup for Mike Conley. Dylan Brooks at $5,200 is just another spot where, look, 
you're getting the 30 plus minutes. You're going to get like six three-point attempts. If he hits two or three of them, he's going to pay off 5,200. And then he obviously has the ceiling if he hits four or five of them, like a 40-point performance. Paul Mills at 5,100. He's playing his minutes now, right? At least since the return, he's playing big minutes. He's touching 30 in two of those games, high 20s in the other one. It's not like the struggle of, does he play 22 or 24 today? And Jeremy Grant's getting the rest of the time. In a matchup against San Antonio where they're not going to be that big, Jacopo may be on the court, Rudy Gay at the four a lot, Marco Bellinelli at the four and Lonnie Walker. You might see less Paul Millsap, which is the concern. So keep an eye on that. $5,100 though is a fair price point. Acapolo is 5k flat, 1.8x multiplier in super draft. I like both of them. Denver is the matchup though. That's the concern. Sally's not playing any minutes or Sally's not producing. He played 25 minutes in the last game. He fouled out. He's fouled out of the last two games. That's the concern. He's very similar. He's in that category of guys who get in foul trouble. He's been starting at center. I like the spot. Keep an eye. If he continues to start, pop can change at any time. The matchup is the scariest thing, but the price point's fair. If you get no foul trouble, and that's going to be hard against Jokic, similar for Thomas Bryant against Embiid. But if you don't get the foul trouble, at least in a crazy way, and it doesn't affect his playing time, and it doesn't take him out of his spurts or his rotations, 30 to 32 minutes of Jakopodal is going to produce 30 fantasy points or so a lot of the time. And at 5K, it's a good spot. And then Brandon Clark, probably the best value we have. There's not a lot of value. I don't have anybody else listed below here. You can get the James Ennis if you want, as long as he plays. He came out of the game, came back in, like we said. So you can get the James Ennis if you want at 3,300. That seems kind of fluky for a wing. That's not the greatest fantasy point point producer, but he's probably going to be a little bit popular because there's no value today. Brandon Clark the best value play in the slate, the best play below 5k, probably the best play below 6k right now in the slate that I'm seeing. Tough for matchup against Utah, sure, but there's not a lot of four concerns there depending on who they're going to play at the four today. But the matchup for Brandon Clark, I think it, it, it's definitely difficult, but $4,600, like we said, Jaron Jackson Jr. is now out and it's not accounting for that. Now they don't have to start Brandon Clark here if they don't want to. If they want to say that your role is the 24 minutes per game is the backup four and picking up now some of the backup center minutes behind Joval, since there's no triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., that's going to be your role. We're going to start Josh, Josh Jackson. We're going to start insert name here from the Memphis bench that has just an endless amount of guys, it seems like, at both the wings and also the power forwards. They could do that, but then either way, you're still getting 24 minutes at a fair price point. You're picking up a couple of center minutes now, which are more valuable for your rebounding rate, block upside, and just easier overall shot attempts and shot percentage to go in and actually score points real life, which scores fantasy points, obviously. The most correlated stat is real life baskets with fantasy points because it's 100% of the points that you get when you make a basket. The worst case scenario, he plays 22 to 24 minutes, but gets more center minutes at the backup spot, so increased overall point per minute production. A medium average case scenario is he actually starts at the four and he gets 30 minutes and he plays decent. Best case scenario is he starts at the four. He picks up some center minutes. He plays 34 minutes and he just pops off. So yeah, $4,600 is a fair price point. That's where I'm at right now. That's 20 players to call out. Please do before you go. I'm sorry that I wasn't on the screen. It's the first time ever. So if this is your first time, do not do not hold that against me. You can check out some of my past videos, my golf video for this week, but hit that like button and the big old subscribe button on the screen probably popped up a couple of other times. I thank you all for making it this far to the video. I'm going to edit this one, get it up for you. And I do apologize for not having my face on the screen and keeping the trend and just the normalcy alive for that first time ever. But again, it was either just this way or no video at all. So I figured as long as I got the voice, right? If it was just me on the screen doing sign language, that would be very detrimental for everybody watching uh, or everybody listening. And a couple of people watching would actually get it, but not the majority. Now, at least everybody can actually hear this that normally wants to hear this and see this. So thank you. I appreciate you all tuning in. Check out Superdraft. Check out my Patreon down below. If you think anything major and you want to come back and support via Patreon, I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you in advance. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. And peace out, gang.